And Baruchim Abayim, and welcome to yet another amazing program. Chazak's Tuesday's Timely Torah Talks. We have a very dear friend, a special guest with us, Rabbi Jonathan Rietti Shlita. Rabbi, how you doing? Thank God. Baruchim Hanim Sa'im. Very well. How are you? Baruch Hashem. Amazing. Really excited about today's tonight's program. Uh, this uh, this topic that we're going to be discussing tonight is very close to, and dear to my heart on a personal level. The topic is, we're going to be discussing the rabbi's book, The One Minute Masvid. As you see, I have my notes, and I, it, it, it's been used, Baruch Hashem. Very, Very inspiring. This is my newer volume, that, uh, that because there was so much uh, going on over here, I needed to get a clearer copy. But I always encourage, you know, students, friends, uh, neighbors, to, to, to get this set for this book, because it was so uh, touching on my end, and we're going to be discussing The One Minute Masvid. So I'm really excited. Are we ready? You ready? I'm ready. Okay. Thank you. Okay. So let's start off with the with with the fact that I know that Rabbi Reddy is some way somehow related to the Ben Ishchai, Harav Yosef Chaim from Baghdad. Right. In what aspects did the Ben Ishchai impact the book directly or indirectly, Rabbi Reddy? Right. So first of all, just so to even out the playing field, I'm also a direct descendant of Avram Avinu. Oh, really? Yeah, on <laughs> uh, on Sarah's side, not Hagar. <laughs> so. well, I think I am also some way somehow related. Oh, good. So related as well. Right, so we're, we're, we're on the even field now. So uh, your question is, how, how did Ben Ishchai um, impact my writing of the woman in Masmid? Yeah. So, uh, you know what, this, it's a really good question. I actually have never thought about it until you asked me. Um, but it, it, uh, it hits me right now as you're, as you're asking that the Ben Ishchai, anyone, anyone who studies Ben Ishchai, will know that it makes no difference which safer he learns. What becomes immediately revealed is how the entire spectrum of the Torah, whether it's Nach Humash, whether it's Mishnah Gemara, whether it's Halakha or Pilpul, whether it's Agadata or whether it's um, Kabbalah, Kitzvihari, he weaves it all together. So in that sense, I think he's a, he's a perfect role model of what it is supposed to look like if a person takes God seriously and says, you gave me your Torah. You wrote me a letter. I want to read it from beginning to end. And if there's, if there's other letters that you've written to me, I want to know them all. So the Benish Chai, uh, it's so obvious that he had the full spectrum of, of Kola Torah Kula at his fingertips. And, um, he didn't write a single safer that was only in isolation of every other subject. So anyone who learns, let's say, Ben Yehoyada on, on Shas, they'll realize straight away that there's this incredible mixture of, of Kabbalah, Halakha, Agadata, um, even riddles and mashalim uh, metaphors. So I think in that way, um, it must have had a deep, a deep impact on me that this is something I think every Ben Torah is really meant to aspire to. Amazing, amazing. Okay. Rabbi, could you maybe uh, describe the impact and the importance of the amazing book, The Safer, The One Minute Masbit? Can you tell us a little bit about it? So um, I wrote it in the early 90s um, out of frustration that I'd been in 
in yeshiva. I started yeshiva late. I started, I became religious at 11, but I didn't go to yeshiva until I was 17. Oh, wow. Um, I thank God. Uh, I want to I be, uh, show my gratitude to both the Shalom and my parents who supported me in learning for 12 years. But the first seven years, I realized um, I was fooling myself. I was really, really lying to myself because I just couldn't understand why um, the learning was simply not making any sense. And then I realized I was, I was lying to myself because I actually believed that if I did what I was told, I would become a Talmud Hacham. So um, at that point in my yeshiva career, I made a calculation. I was learning in Gateshead. Um, that if I, if I followed the yeshiva Masechdot, I would um, learn eight Masechdot, eight tractates of the Talmud in eight years. Um, but I, w- I wouldn't know all eight. I wouldn't know the first parak and the third parak or the sixth parak and the fourth parak. Um, and then I wouldn't know it that well because I didn't, wouldn't have done any chazara, uh, no review. So then I would not have mastery of it. But if I wanted to finish the rest of Shas, um, I, would, I would need at that rate, I would need to come back approximately two and a half Gilgulim, uh, <laughs> two and a half times. So I said, I said to myself, one second, this makes no sense. So the argument that was thrown back at me is that you're not really here to learn Kola Torah Kola, you're, you're here to learn how to learn. So I accepted that, but um, it still didn't make sense to me because, and Hasfram, I don't want this to be taken in a negative way, but when my parents, after me being in yeshiva for 10 years, um, asked me to take smicha, and, um, and the yeshiva would, would not uh, refuse to help me, and that's not a negative on them. It's simply they explained that it's a Talmudical college, it's not a rabbinical college. Mm-hmm. So its, its goal is not necessarily to churn out rabbis. It's more uh, focused on helping B'nai Torah know how to learn. So uh, they taught, they're not going to stop me learning here or there, but I had to do it on my own. So without Chivrutot, um, I started learning Yerodeah. And wow. shockingly, you know, especially when I came to Aruvot and Basavachalav um, and some of the smaller Simanim, I said, one second, one second. Everyone has to know this. I, I'm married already and I don't know these, these Halachot. Uh, I, need to know, I need to know this myself. Why, why should there be any problem? So um, it, was, it was that kind of situation where I realized if I'm not going to take responsibility for my own learning, um, I, I will become an Amha'aretz, a, a an ignoramus that is not totally ignorant, but, but never, even once in my lifetime, finished Tanakh, probably never finished Mishnah Baruch once, um, probably never finished all of Mishnahites once, for sure, not Shas Bavli. Okay, maybe if I go to Dafyomi, uh, Yushalmi is, uh, wasn't even on the radar in those days. Um, and certainly not to Sefta, Sifra, Sifri, Michulta. Um, and then for sure not Sifre, uh, uh, Hanistar, etc. So um, that's when I realized if, if, I, if I want to aspire to cover ground, I've got to take responsibility for that and not expect that that's what the Yeshiva. Is, is even claiming it's going to do for me. So that was, that was part of the background. Frustration. And, you know, sorry? Frustration is what got yeah, you. Frustration. Huge, huge frustration. Because I, I arrived learning at 17 with a, a tremendous amount of motivation. 
And um, it was only a matter of weeks, months, and then years of realizing that uh, um, there's so much cross-referencing on a single page of Gemara. And, and starting to realize on my own, none of this is just not making sense to me. Why am I learning first parak and the third parak with no chazara, uh, with no aspiration to, to, to learn the entire Masechta? And then, then what started making no sense to me is that the Gemara is, is not an isolated text. It's a perush to, to the Mishnah. And then I started, said to myself, well, then why aren't I learning all the Mishnayot? Because the Gemara on a single page will cross-reference many, many Mishnayot and many Brightot. And if I'm not going to learn them, why would I learn it only in the secondary source without having learned it in the, in the primary source? And I also realized um, Abai and Rava and not a single t- uh, Amura would allow me to sit in his shiur for the simple reason that he's cross-referencing all of Tanakh, all Mishnayot, all, all of the Brightot, all the Tosefta, every single Mechulta um, and Sifri and Sifra. So I would, I would not have a chance even sitting in his shiur because they will, but you haven't learned what we're cross-referencing. So then I started walk, working backwards and then, then it really... And then I started to get really frustrated. The first Rav Bartonura. Now, I, I think it's fair to say that the Rav Bartonura is reasonably qualified to say what Mishnayot is all about. Is that, do you think that's a rationally acceptable statement to make? 100%. So the first uh, uh, Rav Bartonura in Pirakei Avot, Perak Aleph, Mishnah Aleph, um, uh, in describing the difference between Pirakei Avot and all the other Masechdot, he points out that all the other Masechdot are a perush to the mitzvot. Whereas Perki Avot is all over the place. Ben Adam lechavero, Ben Adam lemakom, Ben Adam leatzmo, Musar, ethics, etc. So I said to myself, one second, now it's starting to make sense. The Chumash is a storyline. Contained in the storyline from Briyat Olam till Moshe Abinu passes away and Yeshua enters Eretz Israel and starts Sefer Yeshua, in that storyline are plotted 613 mitzvot. All, of, all the details of the, of the, the mitzvot were taught balper till the writing of the Mishnah. But the purpose of the Mishnah was not to give you all the details, but at least give you the headlines of the details of what later became the Gemara. So the Gemara saw that we, we couldn't get everything from the Mishnah, so they had to write that down because we were forgetting what the Mishnah was, was as a... As a um, a synopsis, a summary of the Tariq Mitzvot. So uh, it was about this time that, um, you know, there's a, a, a Chazal tell us, it's a Gemara in Makot, uh, but it's a very famous Gemara. Mm-hmm. The direction a person really, really deeply wants to go in, then they will accompany him. So famously, the Marasha says, who is they? Because the the the, the the, the, the Chazal doesn't say in plural, it says in the Lashon Yachid, it says, Berderech, that's in, in uh, singular, Sha'adam, that's still singular, Rotze is singular, Lelech, singular, Bago, all that's in singular. Then suddenly it switches, Molichin, they accompany him. So the Marashas, who's they? So it says, every thought we think, Every word we say, every action we take, creates a malach. And those malachim push us in the direction we want to go in, either latov or, or not latov. So it was in that period 
that I hired a Balabayit in Gateshead to, to learn with me, to teach me. And um, he, his name was Mr. Book, Allah Shalom. He was not a rabbi. He was a Balabayit. He had a credit card business. And he was very embarrassed to admit that he'd finished Shas Be'il nine times. <laughs> now, Why embarrassed to admit? Because he knew that he should have finished it many more times. So he told nine me times. nine times, Rabbi said nine times. Wow. This is before uh, uh, Duffy Yomi was all over the place. And uh, there was one small Duffy Yomi shit in, in Gateshead. And, uh, you know, without getting into any, uh, uh, it just happened to be at that particular time, Bachrim were extremely discouraged to, to learn Duffy Yomi. Um, and, and for good reasons, the Yeshiva wanted them to focus only on Eon. So Mr. Book, was my personal Rebbe for two and a half years. He told me, he taught me the Derech of Eloshan. How does he know the Derech Limud of Eloshan? And I, may, I mentioned him in one minute must, but I call him Mr. Safer. His real name was Mr. Book. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, his Rebbe was Gedalia Rabinowitz, who was the Rosh Kolal in Sunderland, and taught my Rebbe, Mr. Book, for 17 years. Uh, Rabbi Gedalia Rabinowitz was a Talmud in Velozhin. And he learned the Derech Halimud of the Vilna Gorm. Blew my mind. In, in Velozhin, this is what my Rebbe told me, um, his, his Rebbe told, told him that in Velozhin, the, the Atzlanim, the lazy Bachurim, finished uh, Masechta 30 to 40 times. Wow. Uh, the Mitsuyanim, the, the more, I don't know, uh, motivated um, uh, uh, students would finish it 101 times. In Velozhin, they learned, they started learning Berachot and they finished with Nida. This was pre Dafyomi. Um, he told me that they, ne- they would never um, speculate what the Gemara means. First, they would check Rashi, always learn Rashi right on the Gemara. Secondly, he told, told me whenever they came to Apasuk, they never, they never just carried on reading. They stopped learning the Gemara, opened the Pasuk, wherever it was in Tanakh, and learned the whole Perek, the entire chapter of that Pasuk, so they learned it in context. So I'm not going to go into detail because I actually cover a bit of this in, in, in the one minute Masmid, but um, essentially what brought me to write the book was frustration on a very high level and a sense that if I, if I pretend that I just go with the flow and I'm going to become a Tamat Hacham through learning in, in the yeshiva, um, I'm fooling myself because that's not what they're promising you. They're promising they'll teach you how to learn and, and be able to learn, but that doesn't equal a very deep desire to learn the entire letter that God wrote specifically for every Jew, which has unlimited levels um, of, 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 um, of lessons to be learned from and I would never have even finished Tanakh, let alone Mishnah Bura or Mishnayas or Shas, if I'd, if I'd stayed with the way I was being taught. So Mr. Book really, um, he was the one who set me on, on the path. Um, and he also taught me uh, that in Velashim, they did not learn Taisvas, only if it was on Pashup Shat. And they would only learn all the other Taisvas after they had they'd finished Masechta many times. Wow. Um, Rebbe Khan and Vassaman um, was made, he was the main Talmud of, 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 okay. of the Chavetz Chaim. 
um, and he was made on himself. That the Masechtas that he learned, Gemara Rashi Tosfos, he did not know nearly as well as the Masechtas that he only learned Gemara Rashi, and only Tosfos that was absolutely Negea Tupshat, irrelevant to the simple meaning of the Gemara, and only after he finished the Masechta many times, or at least that Perik many times, then when he would learn all the other Tosfos, then it was much easier. So it's so interesting that um, things started to come together as I as Mr. Book introduced me to other Mekorot, lots and lots of uh, sources, uh, it blew my mind. Orchot um, Sadikim, in, in the one but last chapter on Sha'ar HaTorah, and this is 700 years ago, he's screaming and crying, why do we not learn like our Rebbein taught us, which is sequential learning. Start at the beginning of Shas go to the end and review. Start at the beginning of Tanakh, go to the end and review. And he, he, would, he would say that the, the love for Torah that comes from covering ground and doing it again and again and again is so great that that's why the Rishonim were who they were. Not because of, of any specific segula, it was simply because of this simple formula. Learn, Kaseda, learn sequentially in sequence and from beginning to end and review. End the story. Wow. Rabbi, I got to tell you, that is so inspiring. That leads me to my next question. One might feel that there is so much Torah content to learn that they fall into despair. They give up. Chas yes. And they don't even attempt to learn sometimes. How can we not get overwhelmed? How could one yes. not be... Uh, so yeah, I, would, I would tell you, first of all, in, partially in answer to that question, there's, there's a sefer called Tnu Kavod Le Torah. Tnu Kavod Le Torah. Um, my son actually put, has put it on my website, um, breakthroughchinuch.com. So you can get it there. Uh, um, but it's, it's written by uh, Rabbi Shimon first. Uh, it's an extremely short, very, very small booklet. It's got about, I don't know, 12, yeah, 14 pages. Um, most of the pages are taken up by Haskamot. The Haskamot he has are probably, I don't know if there's a safer in, in recent history that has his Haskamot. I, I, I'll tell you, he, he, has, he talks about Der Halimud, and he talks about covering ground. Learn Gemara, Rashi, Ika Tosfot, and, uh, and go Vita and do review. And, and who, are his, who gave him Haskamot to his Sefer? Approbation. Rav Moshe Feinstein, uh, Rav Eliezer Shach, uh, Rav Yael Teitelbaum, the Satma Rebbe, uh, Rav Yisrael Alta, the Rebbe from Gur, the Gera Rebbe, Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky, that's the stipler gone, the father of, of, of Rabbi Chaim Kam, uh, Kanievsky. Um, Rabbi Moshe Feinstein, I mentioned. Um, there's some others here as well. Uh, Rabbi Moshe Hevroini, Rabbi Chaim Shumlevitz. And this is uh, the most, uh, most incredible, and they're not just saying a few words. They're screaming out, and this is, I could not possibly say this, but it says it in here. They're screaming at those who are guiding the Bachurim and saying, why are we shortchanging these beautiful young men who are willing to sacrifice tens of thousands of their hours in their formative years of learning? Why are we shortchanging them by not letting them have the deep, deep, deep satisfaction that comes from mastery of learning? And that means covering ground with review and knowing you really have a Kenyan. So um, in answer to your question, how does a person not get overwhelmed? I would say 
it's the same answer to a different question, which is how do you eat an elephant? <laughs> and uh, I, I know when I, I give this uh, metaphor, some people say, Rabbi, an elephant's not kosher. I said, I'm, I'm not talking about eating elephant. I'm saying, how would you eat an elephant? And the answer is one bite at a time. How does a thousand mile journey begin? One step at a time. So um, this is something that is brought in Chazal. It's in Bayit Karaba. I don't remember. I think it's in Perak Yudalef. And it's also brought in Avastar of Nosan, Perak Kavzayin. I think it's Ois um, Gimel. Uh, so uh, they bring the following. And it's brought, this, this analogy is shared in lots of different ways. But essentially, it's the same idea. And that is... Um, the tipesh, uh, uh, this is not my language, this is Chazal's language. There's a tipesh and there's a hacham. The tipesh looks at the Torah and he says, whoa, Tanakh, it's so big. Mishnayas, forget it. Shas Bavli, Yerushalmi, Tesefta, Sifra, Sifri, Mechilta, Tur, Bet Yosef, Shulchan Aruch. There's no way, I'll never, I'll never finish it. And so he turns around and walks away. Ma, and what does the Hacham say? Today I'll learn one line, tomorrow another line. Today I'll learn two halachot, tomorrow another two halachot. Today I'll learn one page, tomorrow I'll learn another page. And the power of accumulation is such that the add up means a person will complete kola Torah kula many times in his lifetime if he takes one bite at a time. And, and we, we know it. Everyone who turns up to a Siyamashas has the same sense. If these people, they, all they did, they clocked in for one hour. Uh, I don't know how many coffees they drank before, during and after <laughs> to keep themselves awake. But uh, it was, it was, they clocked in for one hour and they finished Shas in seven years. Now, there's finishing and there's finishing. So if someone really wants to take Shas seriously, they can learn that daf um, if they have a Chibruta or on their own and then go to the Shia, and then do Chazara afterwards, and create some sort of system where at the end of the seven years, and you come to MetLife Stadium, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you can honestly say to yourself, I, I've made some attempt. But the, the, the real answer to your question is, um, the Tipesh and the Hacham. The Tipesh is the fall because he doesn't even start. It's too big. The Hacham realizes every line counts. And I'm going to say something that I don't know if anyone has said this before, but in the same way that Gemara tells us, I think it's in Lamat Het in Yuma, where Rabbi Akiva is going to be, uh, 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 Hillel uh, is going to Machayev all the Aniyim. Because Hillel was extremely poor, and yet he, he, he spent half of his money to be able just to enter the best Medrash and listen to the Shi'ur. Um, in the same way that nobody, because of that Gemara, can say, I'm too poor to learn. Or I'm too handsome, um, and my Yitzhahara took, uh, 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 had me uh, spending my time doing Averot. Every, today we're living, and please be me, whoever's listening to this, go out on the street, or has, uh, please be me. go in shul, or in the corridors of the school, uh, go in the corridors of any building in the elevator, and count how many people are on their phones. And that means to say that in the few seconds that they're getting out of their car, into their car, into the elevator, out of the elevator, the few extra seconds makes a difference because I can do another text, 
read another WhatsApp, uh, respond to another uh, tweet or Twitter, whatever it is. <laughs> Probably a twit. <laughs> Whoever invented Twitter was a twit. <laughs> That's for sure. Okay. So, but the point is, we're living in a generation that nobody is able to use the excuse, I didn't have time. Because if that's true, how did I be machshiv? How did I value the few seconds, hundreds and hundreds of pockets of seconds, but between the most mundane activities and even during? I still found time to look at that crazy phone. Sorry, the smartphone. So, <laughs> so uh, I, would, I would have to say in answer to your question, this is Machayabas. I don't mean in a Midasadin way. I mean it in an inspiring way. Right. Look, if I can find the time to do this, and I'm walking in the streets like this, what would be the difference if instead of, of having my WhatsApp and Twitter and Facebook and who knows what else is on, on the screen, go to Mishnayas or Sukim in Tanakh and read one pasuk at a time and again, another one. And Oh, you're getting out into the elevator? Another, another pasuk, another pasuk, and do chazara. What would, what would be the crime? At least one can say in Shemaim, I tried. Amazing. Wow. I, I, I really feel the chizuk, the inspiration, one bit at a time, one line at a time, one page at a time. As one that does the afyomi, I can attest, you really, really feel, you know, one day at a time, one page just moves on, moves on, then you do a siyum a second, then you go on to the next. It's very inspiring and uplifting, and we encourage everyone to definitely do it. Uh, Rabbi, leading to our next question. In the book, you map out a system of learning. Can you please describe this system, Rabbi Rieti? Um, so it's essentially, the system is, is, is really deceptively simple. All it is is start from the beginning, go to the end, and start again. Uh, uh, the, uh, someone once pointed out to, to me, it was actually a God will be Israel. I don't, he never gave me permission to say this because uh, it, 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 might, it might sound like a put down to, to those who, don't, who, who, who are not much of covering ground. So he pointed out something to me, which he believes was, and this is someone, by the way, who finished Shas Babli 32 times. Wow. So it's not, a, a, and finished all of Mishnayis over 600 times. And I, I don't know how many people who are listening to this can figure out who that is, but um, he told me a horrific insight, really scary insight. So why, why are we so bogged down on a page of Gemara, and on top of that is one Rishon, and then another, and then another, another, another and we're spending hours and hours and hours doing that. So he, he said, put, put aside the importance of learning how to learn and learning how to learn, but Ion, put, it, put that aside for a few moments. If a person knows psychologically, he's never going to see this in Sechta ever again because he's going so slowly, it's just never going to happen. So that means you've got to learn everything on the duff now. And that means every Rashi, every Toastverse, and, 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 and today the popularity contest is which yeshiva goes more slow. <laughs> so it, it's, it's like mind boggling because, and Hasan, I don't mean this as a kitrug. Um, uh, 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 that when Mashiach comes I am once, I'm 100% certain he's going to put us back on track that we're going to be learning sequentially beginning to end with review Kazal said it uh, in Eruvin in, in a very famous Gimra Nun Gimel going on to Nun Dalit the importance of review uh, and um, they themselves admitted Yadu 
Rabbanan Baha'i Milsa, our Hachamim knew that this was the secret to success. It's not really a secret, but they knew this. And what's the this? You, the the Raiv Chazara you do is what's going to make a Kenyan. You're going to remember it. Hashem will give the Siyat Shmaya. So he said, Yadu Rabbanan Baha'i Milsa, but Avru Alan. They knew about this and still didn't do it because the urge and the uh, the temptation to, to learn deeply is so strong because that makes me feel much more unique if I can come up with a, some sort of a chidush or a question and a teretz. I, then I'm, I'm different. I'm special and I stand out. But if I do chazara, 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 I don't see that how I'm going to stand out. But the, the uh, innocent mistake in this assumption is that every Tana and every Amura and every Rishon never got to who they became by learning only slowly. They learned from beginning to end and with review. It was a minimum of 30 times, often 40 times. And Einu Doim and Misha Lamad Prako, Mea Pamim Lamea Ve'echad, Gimran Chagiga Tet. This is the Metzius. So I say two words, trust Chazal. <laughs> that you, you just answered my question. I was going to ask, one might just want to go forward in their learning without review. What are the benefits of reviewing our learning? And you just answered that, I guess. Uh... So, yeah, that is true. I, I, it's, uh, the, the, it, there are many Zohas, and uh, Kisvi Ari also brings this, and you'll find it in Hilkas Tamat Torah of, of um, Shulchan Aruch um, that the that when a Jew learns Torah, even though you're, it's really... Um, that's the biggest proof on the, that the person is learning for the sake of how do I serve Hashem because he wants to know the halakha however they point out nevertheless that when a person learns and doesn't understand um, it's really for the neshama and when a person comes to Gan Eden he will only be taught what he learned at all, in all its levels and therefore a person should make every effort to finish Kolaturakula at least once in his lifetime. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Yeah. Rabbi, in the book, you, you, you discuss learning goals. How can we create practical and motivating learning goals? So um, at the end of the, of the book, I decided to, to write the first appendix will be a um, list of every practical outcome that came from all the chapters in the book. So uh, that's where I go, uh, go through different limudim, chumash, nach, mishnah, gemara, halacha, etc., um, where essentially um, I would say the following in answering your question, how do you make goals? First of all, and, and this, is, this is actually really important, first of all, it's really essential for me to have a reality check on where am I holding? Where's my starting point in learning? So for example, um, many times over the years, people have asked me, um, look, I'm learning many years in yeshiva and I'm learning three starring, just Gemara. I've never learned Chumash from beginning to end with every Rashi. I've never learned all the Svarim of Nach. I've never learned Arachayim uh, of, of, of the Shulchan Aruch, let alone Arba Chilke Shulchan Aruch. So where do I start? So um, my answer would always be, well, uh, what's your starting point? When you learn a, a, a chumash, if you were to learn a parasha a day, it's about, for, for many B'nai Torah, it would take them 15, 20 minutes. 
if you if you see that that you're losing focus, I've got little uh, things I suggest in the book that you can out you can highlight certain words that would be keywords as a summary of what's going on in that perec, or write it on the side in the margin. Um, since I wrote that book in the 1990s, so Art School already came out with a, a sikume, a summary on the side, uh, which uh, also is really actually comes from uh, the Tanakh of Simani. Uh, Tanakh, which has been uh, now now distributed by Feldheim. I, I strongly suggest those far in because they'll give you a sikum on the side. Read that sikum, read that summary before you hit the perek, and then read the perek. If a person's learning, uh, 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 can learn, understand most of the Hebrew words in Chumash, he should learn, uh, if he can, if he, if he has the time, learn a parasha a day and finish all of Chumash every, every 60 or so days. It's not, it's not an impossible feat, and it's surprising. Um, how much he'll cover. If he's got more time, he should learn that week's parasha every day so that every time he, co- he comes to Shabbat, he will have already finished it seven times. That when he learns Shnai Mikra Becha Targum or he, he listens to the laning on Shabbat, it will be a totally different listening. He will also notice that because of the recency, it's a law of recency, that when one does Chazara, soon after one's learned that information and then does another Chazara, another Chazara, he will suddenly notice questions coming up that he was not noticing before. And he'll start to have Tirutzim that will come to mind. And also he'll start cross-referencing because he already learned uh, in his Seder in Nach that day, a certain Perek that he came across either the same word or a similar Inyan. And suddenly he's able to make that connection. And he starts writing notes in his Chumash, in his Nach, that are cross-referencing. And he starts to get a Sipuka Nefesh as he realizes that the more ground he's able to cover, the more the Torah starts opening his mind. Uh, and I, I will say on this um, that uh, it's also important that a person uh, is, is, is attentive to their starting point in Korea. If he's reading accurately and fluently, then he should, he should throw himself into reading the words of the Chumash. Um, if, he, if there are difficult words that he that has not come across before, so he should make some sort of mark with a pencil to look that word up in, uh, sometimes Rashi will deal with it. Sometimes if you have the Mitsudat, uh, Mitsudat David Chumash, which has the Mitsudas in it, the Mitsudat Sion will um, res- uh, respond to most new words. Sefer Shrashim of, of the Radak is also excellent for that. But um, that's one area. And then Diktok, so very simple Hebrew grammar is super essential for really breaking the code of Chumash and Nach. Because that's what, what every, every Gemara that quotes a Pasuk uh, is fully aware of the, of the diktuk of the Pasuk. And many times the Mishnah and the Gemara um, realize that the diktuk is deliberately written incorrectly to force you to ask a question. So um, the starting point for everyone is different, but I would tell you, um, throw yourself in. Don't be afraid because as soon as you uh, jump into the water, you're already completely wet. You may as well now, and you'll get reused to the temperature. Just swim. Uh, throw yourself into Mishnayot. You'll be s- pleasantly surprised if you read the same Mishnah four times. Just read it and, and, and discover how much the Mishnah is starting to, me- to open up. And then if I notice, like, hey, look, I just read it four times. It took less than a minute. Less than a minute to read a- uh, the average Mishnah four times. Uh, it takes about a minute on average to do Chazara of a whole parak of Mishnayot. So when a person starts measuring the, the amount of time and he realizes, I'm going to come back here. So if I don't know it all now, I don't have to do Iyun now. Like I was quoting that Gadol earlier, who said that psychologically, 
we, we think we may never come back here. So we've got to know as much as possible now. And, but with that mindset, we never get to the end. So I think those are some um, ways to answer that question. 100%. Very, very inspiring, Rabbi. Really. Thank you. You're the best job in. If ever I have a bad day, I just have to clock into you, call you up, <laughs> and see your smile and, and, and give me kind words. Rabbi, this is uh, Mamash uh, Gold. Totally Torah Picha Melfiz Avakesa. This is gold and silver. This is amazing, the Chidushim, the insights. Rabbi, there are many parts of the Torah. Rabbi touched on this. There's Tanakh, there's Gemara, there's Alakha, etc. What should our approach be to master each part? I think the, the approach should be um, scaffold. Scaffold it in, at levels. First, first go for Pashup Shat. So you, if you're having um, in Chumash, let's say you've got a Bala Tishva or a, or a Bacha who never really paid attention in the first three grades, um, and now uh, 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 he's learning Mishnayat for a year or two, and then it's been Gemara ever since. So he's never really cracked Chumash. So then I would tell him, um, uh, I would tell everybody the same thing. The slower you go, the faster you'll get there. <laughs> but keep going. I give a mashal of a snail and the rabbit. There's a famous uh, of Aesop's fables. Most of Aesop's fables actually comes from Shlomo HaMelech. Um, that's, that's actually Chazal. Tell us that. The Reduk brings that. In, in Sefer Malachim, I think it's in Malachim Aleph. Uh, ooh. Daf Zayn Chazari. See, I need review as well. I think it's in 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 uh, in uh, Perik Vav, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so the Radak brings that that most of the fairy tales and and uh, metaphors that are going around the world as ancient of of um, of uh, uh, Aesop's fables and and uh, fairy tales. He says most of them came from Shlomo Melech. And they got spread around the world until people were sharing them without saying where uh, where the original Makai was from. But uh, 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 I, I digress. Um, I would say, look, read Poshup Shat. Read the thing the parable of the snail and the rabbit. Yes. <laughs> what, what, what did you say? Sorry. You were saying the mashal, the yes. parable of the snail and the yes. rabbit. That's the slower you go, the faster you'll get there. So oh. I would say, make a goal. Let's say, don't look at Chumash as a one-year goal. Look at it as a five to 10 year goal. Meaning to say, first year goal will be just posh up shut. And it might even be two or three years posh up shut, which means you just read the words again and again, the a whole perek, a whole parasha. Um, and if it's too much to do a parasha day, then give you, decide how many minutes you want to devote to, to Chumash. Let's say it's two minutes. Okay, just read two minutes and see how many psukim you cover in there. And then put a paper clip, or nowadays you've got these, um, um, Bookmarks. One second. They're really helpful. These, um, oh, yeah. You can even use these on Shabbat. They're fantastic. I wish I had these years and years ago. Um, so these sticky markers. Notes. It's not sticky notes. Sticky. Yeah, sti- they're, they're like sticky notes and, they, yeah, and yeah. they're color coded. I use yellow. When I have a kasha and it's Shabbos and I have a question I want to look up afterwards, I'll stick this and the pointed part of it. Um, can go right on the letter or the or the word that you're sticking it on. So I know after Shabbat, I'll 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 try, I'll more easily remember the question I had, and then I can research it. Uh, so you can. We bother you about the other colors. <laughs> uh, all right. So red, red. I'm using for a book that I'm I'm uh, writing. So whenever I come up with a makor, I use red for for that one. And and our, uh, the the purple is when I know there's a cross reference. That reminds me that somewhere else. 
So I'll take two of these and I'll put them in both places. So after Shabbat, when I open up, it's more likely that I'll remember what was the correlation uh, between those two. Um, so that, but uh, the, the main point, you come up with your own color coding. The main, the main point is make a five to 10 year goal to conquer Chumash and a, a five, 10 year goal to conquer Nach. And the same with Mishnayot and Gemara. Don't, don't, uh, the, the, the Yitzhahara wants me to go fast and then collapse. Mm-hmm. Uh, go, uh, 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 he want, he, he's happy for me to taste the beauty of covering ground, but he wants me to burn myself out. So the slower person goes, the faster he'll get there. Um, Rav Nassim of Nemrov was a Talmud Muvchak of Rav Nachman of Breslov. Um, Rav Nachman of Breslov was huge on Derech Halimud. He, uh, in Sicha Saran, um, uh, Sicha number 76, is a, a, a very, very powerful uh, description there of covering ground uh, sequentially and, and doing review. Um, so uh, Rav Nassim of Nemrov, he writes that he had 13 Sadarim in Shulchan Aruch. Rav Nachman of Breslev was very mukbid. You have to follow Shulchan Aruch. And he was very open. He says, he says people who, do, who daven after the Zman are mistaken. He, he said that of all the other Hasidus. He says, you got to keep Shulchan Aruch. Don't, there's no games playing, not sleeping in a sukkah because it's too holy. You can't, you can't, don't negotiate with Shulchan Aruch. Shulchan Aruch is Shulchan Aruch. So his, his Talmud had 13 Sadarim in Shulchan Aruch. Why 13? On, on Sunday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, when there's no Tachanun, so Davening finished a drop earlier, so his Shulchan Aruch Seder was a little bit longer. On days of Tachanun, it was shorter. Um, he had a different Seder of, of a quantity. Uh, when there was a bris miller that he had to attend, then it, it switched to a different Seder. Meaning to say, he, he figured out what Chazal meant when it says, uh, 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 that's actually a pasuk from Shlomo Melech in two different places but uh, Rav Nassan was really saying the following you got to figure out strategies for many different situations that I know will pop up by surprise but there are certain situations you know are going to pop up and they're not such a big surprise and anticipate because if I can anticipate how I'm going to change my derech alimut for for, to accommodate, my wife uh, needs uh, more help at home. Um, we just had a baby. It's going to change everything. I can't keep the same shi'ur, the same amount of time that I'm de- de- dedicating to Chumash, Nach, Mishnah, Gemara, Halakha, whatever uh, svarim that you're learning. So by accommodating and accepting that I'm going to have different svarim for different occasions, different situations, I'm taking away the amount of bullets the Yetzirah has to fire at me because if I miss one day because uh, davening was too long and then there was a bris and then I was asked to come to the bris, um, so the whole seder got knocked out. And then the next day I woke up with such a headache because I had a very bad late, 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 late night. I didn't, and now for three days in a row, let's say, uh, then, you know, just, I'll never catch up, it's too much. And I give up. So, so the Yitzhahara is interested in, in me being the, the, the rabbit that runs to the, to the finish line. Uh, and yet the Yitzhah will tell me, no, be a hacham. Learn two lines today, another tomorrow. A page today, another tomorrow. And if you miss, start again. But don't, don't give up because I missed. And now it's too much for me to, to catch up. Amazing, Rabbi Reddy. I remember when reading the book, 
there are so many similar parables in Mashalim and Chizuk and inspiration. And oh, I really, and I could go on and on with the with the stories about Rabbi Akiva that we all know, and 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 the Rock, and starting at the age of forty. And then there is also the the I, I have to mention this. And and my question is basically, how can one gain access to the Sefer? And are, are there any other plans to come out with another volume on this topic? But oh. before we get to that, there was one mashal I was hoping for you to say. Maybe it's going to be that closing remarks, and I'm stealing it from you. But the but the one with the with the with the uh, with the people running up a tower. Whoever reached the thousandth floor first gets, I think it was the king's daughter becoming the prince or something. And everyone's giving up after a few dozen uh, floors because it's so difficult. And long story short, at the hundredth floor, there's an elevator that takes you all the way to the top. Such an inspiring message that, you know, never give up. You know, call it Chalot Kashot. All beginnings are difficult. Just continue and continue. Then you're going to have visit Shem But Rabbi, how does one get access to this most amazing savior, this unbelievable woman in Smasmid? And is there plans with Hashem to expand on it? Uh, so f- thank you very much for uh, the promotion. <laughs> um, I would say uh, I, I, I never put in in the bookstores. Um Many people have asked me to do that, and I didn't. Um, I uh, it's all, right. I only sold it out of my house for many, many years, and then when internet came along, and with the encouragement of my son who uh, runs my website, um, so my book, the One Minute Masmid, is on my website, breakthroughchinuch.com. Breakthrough Chinuch is all one word. So you click on the publications, and you'll see amongst them the One Minute Masmid. Um, I didn't put it in the bookstores, and, I, and if someone asked me to today, I would, I would ask an Adam Godel. But my, my simple um, reasoning uh, was uh, because I don't want to hurt anyone. <laughs> and this, this book is really, it's not intentionally controversial, but it, it, it is um, provoking the mind to consider did Chazal really intend that I should learn all Chumash Bereshit by the end of second grade, most of Shemot, maybe all of Shemot by the end of third, um, almost nothing of Vayikra or Bamidba Udvarim, a little bit of Yeshua, maybe Shoftim, uh, start Mishnayas, learn Brachas, Yuma, Sukkah, all right, maybe, maybe another two, Rosh Hashanah, Megillah, Ta'anit, maybe. And then Gemara. No, 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 no. Don't. No, no, no. Not Berachot. That's Chazal. We're going to start in Bav Metziah, the middle of Shas. No, 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 no. Not at the beginning. No, no, no. We're going to start in Elu um, Metziah. No, not, not at the beginning of the Perik. The second Mishnah. You know, I'm not trying to be uh, um, provocative in a negative way, Has Shalom. I'm trying to, 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 to help a lot of people out there who suffered like I did. I suffered terribly. And I had to figure out on my own if I, if I, want, to be, if I want to have a fighting chance to be what Hazal say is the definition of a Tamil Tacham, which is uh, kind of scary. But um, uh, if, I'm, if I want a fighting chance, then um, I cannot follow what I'm being told to learn. And if I do do that, because I'm in a mascaret where I have no choice, then in my Bain Hasadarim, don't open up the Gemara of the Yeshiva and put a, 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 a Rashba or a Ritva on top and start plowing deeper. 
Start your own Sadarim Kaseda from beginning to end in Chumash, Nach, Mishnayot, Bavli, Yishami, Tosefta, Sifra, etc. Um, and and have, have, have your own Musa Sadarim that you, you like to finish again and again and again. My favorite is Mesilat Yisharim. Uh, Orchat Tzadikim is my second. But, every, you know, different Sfarim speak to different Nishamot. Uh, Rabbi Victor Miller will tell you Chavat Halevavot. Um, so I'm not taking away Hasbun Shalom, you, but, but find the Sfarim that, that, that mean a lot to you and speaks to you and, and go with it. Um, Pilpul and Eun, for example, I found very, very, very hard and I still do, Ad Hayom. But what, what amuses me is that because sometimes I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with a sugya that I'm, I'm listening to a pilpul, um, I will um, quote a gemara from somewhere else that completely collapses the pilpul. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and I'm not doing that on purpose. I just realize, you know, if, if when people are drilling deep down and have no clue what the big territory actually looks like, um, they are unable to appreciate that when you dig down, you might be hitting cross roots that are crossing from other trees. Mm. But if you first get a panoramic view, so to speak, from above, so you know the whole entire territory, you'll know which trees are planted where, and therefore which roots you're going to come across, and therefore the connections you're going to be able to make when you dig down, because you know what the whole territory looks like, is so much more real than, please be more me if I say artificial, because this is not my language. Reb Chaim Briska said this at the uh, chuppah of his son, Velvel, who married the, the daughter of the brider Rav. And he said, my Velvel no shas rashi claw. So the brider Rav said, Reb Chaim, you're the other pilpul. What type of a shvach is that? So he answered, I can't say in Yiddish because my Yiddish not, is not good enough. Um, he said back, by me, someone who says a pilpul and he doesn't know all shas rashi cold, guaranteed is a pilpul shall hevel. So I would say, choose a limud that you know speaks to your neshama. Uh, it could be agadata. So learn en yakob. Um, I don't say don't learn gimra. For sure, gimra is the meat of kolatarakula. It's the linchpin between tariyad mitzvot, mishnah, and halacha. So gimra is indispensable. But let it be real. Let it be because the person has learned at least the Masechta of Mishnayas many times that that Gemara comments on, or at least the Perik that he's learning in the Gemara. He should learn that Perik of Mishnayas as many times as he can because it's going to make a big difference to the, to the, to the, the Eon. You can only drill down as far as you have pr- provided a foundation. And the foundation is, is breadth. Amazing, Rabbi. So inspiring. Any any, any plans of uh, publishing another volume or? or, or... Um, so it's interesting. I didn't. Look, I, I wrote the book about I think 1994, and I never uh, I never really look, read it through from beginning to end. Um, and again, until about twenty something years later, and I was I I had changed in so many ways and covered different areas. Um, ex- a, a little bit more experience of life. I was wondering if I would agree with what I wrote. And I was, I was really shocked that I had nothing to change except the tape recorder now had to be um, a digital recorder. And, and so, you know, terminology like that, uh, because it was so outdated. 
but and, and I made a few, uh, uh, maybe added a few ha'aras, but in terms of the actual basic messages, um, I was very pleasantly encouraged that uh, nothing to my mind had really changed because for most, most of the book is, is not me writing. It's really me quoting G'daylim from the previous generation and, and Rishonim and Chazal. Um, the, the framework of the book is not even mine. I actually got that from Kenneth Blanchard, who wrote a book called The One Minute Manager. And when I read it, I said, wow, I love the format of this story where a um, uh, someone who's looking to find a really good manager to show him how to, to be uh, the best employee uh, comes across this one-minute manager and is in story form and gives him lots of um, incremental strategies. So I said, oh, great. That's, that's the, the framework for the book that I've always wanted to write for all these years that I've been out of yeshiva and I don't want others to have to suffer what I went through um, in realizing or waking up, even married or even with children, in a yush that says, I know I'll never be a, t- a Talmud Hatham, so there's no point in starting. Rabbi, so inspiring, unbelievable. Could you leave us with one final message, something inspiring, to, uh, closing remarks? Um, so I, w- I would say uh, my son's book, The Firm Revolution. Yeah, uh, we had your son speak by us. Yes. It's a pre-sequel to, to my woman at Masmid, in the sense that... Um, um, there are too many gaps that we're not aware of that, that when we arrive at Gemara, uh, we are so immature and missing components that we can't fully appreciate what we're learning when we learn Gemara. So his book, my son's book, The Firm Revolution, um, really does help identify what those gaps are so that when you, you learn the one minute masmid, um, you'll know that there are certain components. For example, knowing 303 most frequently reappearing shirashim, root words in Hebrew, will give you access to 81% of Chumash Bereshit, which is 13,000 words out of 16,000. And that's a very good deal. So to know information like that, know all the prefix suffixes, uh, to learn what uh, Rabbi Winder's Lashon Torah program, these, these are basic foundational skills so that when a person learns Chumash and Nacht, he really will have an intelligent reading because he understands how words are broken up and, and uh, uh, reconstructed between the prefix, suffix, and the shoresh. So um, I, would tell, I would tell anyone listening to this, don't be afraid to go back to basics and spend time there. Even in your 10-year plan to finish Kola Tarakula, which is very doable, um, don't worry about spending at least three years in foundational skills because the stronger your foundation the easier it is for you to be able to, to follow uh, Shas and, and, and Sfarim, which are constantly cross-referencing what you've already covered. So that's what, that's what I would say in my, la- in my last uh, parting words. Uh, don't be afraid to start. Don't be afraid if, if there's a pause because your, mo- your wife had a baby, mother-in-law is in your house, you've got to get, go to work. Uh, uh, it's COVID, you've got half of your works at home. Whatever interruptions you've got, just bear in mind, start again, start again, start again, start again. No matter how many times I fall or how long I put on the pause button, I didn't learn for days or weeks or hasa shalom, months or even years, doesn't stop me starting again because every word counts. And if you don't believe me, look on the street and see how many people are machshed every second of texting and WhatsApping 
and twittering, and that should be a Musa Haskell to me. Well, if every moment counts on the phone, then every line of Humash or Gemara or, or Sefer makes a difference. And in Shemayim, it's huge. <laughs> Rabbi Jonathan V. Eddie Shlita, what an inspiring message. Okay. What an amazing Torah talk. Thank you very, very much for everything you do for Claudius over the Jewish people. We were so inspired by Hashem. Everyone watching, I'm pretty sure I know that you were inspired as well. As well. Make sure to share this video message to the world. Let's get many people to join the Torah revolution and learning more Torah one minute at a time, one moment at a time, no matter where you are in life. It's never too late to join the bandwagon. Once again, Rabbi Reddy, thank you very much. Thank you. Hashem, looking forward to seeing you all. But to coming the Geula, the redemption speeding our days. Amen. Yeah, and, and thank you, Yanni, for the great work you're doing <laughs> in bringing Torah to millions of Jews. God bless you.